The opinions expressed on this WebmasterRadio.fm program are those of the host, guests, and callers, and do not reflect those of the staff, management, or advertisers of WebmasterRadio.fm. Any rebroadcast or retransmission of this program without the express written consent of WebmasterRadio.fm is prohibited. Your radio target is locked, and you have reached Strike Point. Webmaster Radio stretches its microphones across the Atlantic to bring you Strike Point. Our expert and informative hosts will attack the search industry from Europe to the Americas and beyond. And now, WebmasterRadio.fm presents Strike Point. <laughs> Welcome to StrikePoint once again. We are live and it's Monday the 10th of October and with me today I have again Jason D and I'm so sorry last week I didn't make it. Both my kids got sick suddenly. They're good now so nothing serious but we are back again and live and how are you Jason? I'm good Mikkel. How are you? How's uh, things over in Denmark? Very good, very good. It's getting cold now. It's still, we, we still haven't got too much rain, so we have nice blue skies, but very cold. So, um, yeah, I think we um, we are in for maybe a very cold winter this year. I'm not sure. Well, I, uh, I hope I hope that it stays that part of uh, uh, Europe and doesn't make its way down to me because you're used to dealing with the snow, and we Brits we fall to bits as soon as there's a flurry of. A flake or two of snow and the nation falls to bits. So can you keep it, please? No. <laughs> Fair enough. Fair enough. Anyway, we have a good show lined up for you today. We are going to talk about the fast search thing that goes on now. Um, we're going to talk a whole lot about that. Uh, we're going to talk about links and link building. Some Maybe some good ideas will slip out. Never know. Never. And we're going to talk about some stupid Google patents. More and more coming out, and just recently a new one came out that I think beat most of them. Anyway, that's, um, I think, all we will have time for today. I'm um, sure it'll be enough to keep us busy, Mikkel. It, it probably will, yeah. I hope we get time for, um, for a little bit of breaks in between as well. <laughs> Well, that's what we got the uh, superb Bresco here to give us that kick up the ass when, when it's time for the break. But we're not there yet, are we? No, 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 not, not even close. But let's start out with the, with the fair case, um, or the fair search <laughs> case. Um, Danny had a really good write-up on it, and uh, I know you spent a little more time on, on, on looking into um, to all the aspects of it. So maybe you should uh, give a quick uh, recap on, on what this thing is all about here. Sure, I'll give. I, I, I'm far from the uh, uh, an expert here, and Danny's really the the guy. Uh, uh, when I speak Danny, I really mean uh, Danny Sullivan, uh, the, the 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 man. <laughs> when it when it comes yeah. to ju- journalism in the search industry, he he, he is the uh, uh, master of us all. Uh, uh, we we play at this. Uh, uh, he's a true pro. But the fair search, uh, and I say this as a Brit, so I don't. I may get a few parts wrong. Was effectively um, organisations saying to the U.S. Senate government, in effect, "Hey, Google isn't fair in search, and this is why we don't think it's fair." Um, and uh, uh, um, there was a very, very interesting write-up, and lots of lots of disagreement in the comments over at Search Engine Land. Uh, it's Search Engine Land. It's a long, long, long URL, but I'll paste it in the chat room. And uh, if you just search for Fair Search Search Engine Land dot com, you'll find you'll find the actual document. And more importantly, actually, is Danny's interpretation. Now it go- goes over lots and lots of things there, and. Uh, one of the important things, actually, is to start with is it says that these companies and the companies that, that, that were lobbying there in the sort of antitrust manner um, say, look, Google is a monopoly in effect. And what I find interesting is that in the Senate hearings is that Eric Schmidt said, you know what, we think we are a monopoly and we, we try and act as if we're a monopoly and not to take advantage of that. Um it goes on and, and that I find interesting because in most other industries for all of the all of the things that we say about Google if they truly do internally try to treat themselves to a higher 
a higher order. And I'm not sure they do. That's the question that this is all about. Is if they do take themselves to higher merits and to say, look, we are a monopoly. We've got all of this search aspect in the US and actually worldwide. Google is a search engine. We, we speak about Google not only as the site, but Google as a verb, you know, to Google. We don't search. I've never binged anything. And it's been a long, long time since I yahooed anything. And for all of the talk of other search engines like DuckDuckGo that's recently got investment, or Blecko, I've never ever been to those guys and thought I'm going to Blecko or DuckDuckGo something. But if Google do treat themselves to that high, higher credibility aspect, why are they doing some of the things that they do? Do they treat themselves the same as other guys that they're competing with? They've purchased, as we know, travel uh, 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 data and integrating that into the search. They've bought comparison sites over here in the UK, the insurance space, um, and other areas like that. So is it, is it, is it just saying that you're a non-monopoly and you treat yourself as if you're a non-monopoly and try to do the right thing, is that the same as actually doing it? Mikkel, these guys at Yahoo and Microsoft and other guys as well, to be fair, are, are saying that no one, uh, that Google treat themselves unfairly, that treat other companies and they need to be held back by, by government. Let me ask you, do you think that's the right thing? Do you th or do you think that actually in these sorts of things, just let capitalism do its thing, let allow allow the dominant to play, and if they win, then great, and if they lose, then that's the natural order of things. No, I, I, I mean, uh, I think you should uh, move your microphone a little bit away from your mouth. It sounds like you're blowing in it or something, so we get some... Okay. some oh, yeah. <laughs> um, no, I mean, I, I, I do I do think that, that there's a need in, in our, our world for, for antitrust um, laws. Uh, and, I, and I do think that if, if you do have a monopoly on on big medias, and that goes for any type of media uh, and search included, I, I think you have some some special responsibility in how you act. Uh, and, I, and I think that should be regulated by law, as it is today in, in, in most civilized uh, part of the world, I guess. I mean, you have you have antitrust laws uh, and monopoly laws in, in the UK as well as we do here in Denmark, I, I guess. Uh, and, and, I, and I do think that we, we, we need that. But the question is, of course, first of all, when are you a monopoly? Uh, and and when or what kind of restrictions should be enforced on you um, and and what are the industry standards um, and I think those are maybe the more important questions in in, in the case of fair search because uh, I mean Google agree that they are a, a more or less monopoly and yeah I, I, I don't know you know in Denmark they definitely are in in, in Denmark as we they discussed are. on this this yeah I mean in Denmark it's between 97 or 99% of all search traffic you can gain is from Google, directly or indirectly through partners. So, I mean, there's there's nothing else. I mean, Bing, I mean, I get like three visits from Bing and 20,000 from Google, you know, and, and <laughs> for same rankings, yeah. it's, it, I mean, it's, it's nothing. So, so, um, so yeah, it's, it's, Google is really, really dominant here. Um, well, let me, so, Mikhail, let me ask you this. Look, I agree with you, by the way. Google is a monopoly, I, I believe. I don't think they set out to be, but they are. As to what their percentages are, look, I'm, I'm speaking from the UK. Uh, 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 they're as close to 100% to be to be 100%. You know, it, it doesn't matter what the numbers are. But let me, I'm going to quote something from the article, and this is Danny's words, not mine. But I agree with Danny on this. Um, it speaks specifically about uh, this part about a guy called Stoppelman from Yelp. And it says, Stoppelman testified that Yelp gets 75% of its traffic <laughs> from Google. Now, I'm going to carry on. 75% for free? And how on earth can anyone argue that Google has been and currently is harming a vertical search engine like Yelp when it sends it that much traffic? I agree with Danny with this next sentence. I know plenty of sites that wish Google would harm them, in inverted commas, in the same fashion. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. I, I find that... that very funny, you know. I don't think I don't think a stableman from Yelp said that to be funny, but in fact, it is very funny. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's it's. But I I think you know the whole the whole idea to begin with 
that Google owes you traffic is ridiculous. I mean, Google yeah, Google yeah. doesn't. I mean, Google doesn't owe you traffic in the same way that that the New York Times doesn't owe you a front page article. You know, media doesn't owe you anything. You can dis, you can you can you can gain it by you know by 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 deserving it or or by by having good public relations strategies, or good search strategies. But they definitely don't. Uh, I mean, it. I don't think. I, and I don't think the monopoly laws are to be um, uh, understood that way. I mean, that it's not that everybody should have equal rights to monopoly media. That I, I don't think that's how it works. I mean, we have we have more or less monopoly on on, on TV in Denmark. I mean, kind of like the BBC in the UK, but yes. they're even more dominant. We have two uh, national TV stations. But there's no there's no law here saying that I have the right to be on television five minutes every year or something like that, which would be totally ridiculous. You know, <laughs> that yeah, there would be a very very boring type of TV if everybody had their five minutes. You know, <laughs> I, I, I wouldn't I wouldn't tune in. Miku, I, I agree with you completely. Whether it be TV, whether it be online, whether it be print, it doesn't matter now. It's all media, and arguably there is the potential there for abuse. Look at what's happened in the UK recently over uh, the last few years, but has come to light with the Murdoch Empire and even the News of the World newspaper being shut down by him by arguably his abuse or the organisation's abuse of their dominant position in the Sunday press. Um, hacking phones, they were breaking the law to get stories. Yeah. went on online, you know, that uh, uh, I do believe that we do need those those rules and regulations and enforcers there to actually undertake these things. We don't necessarily have the equivalent organisations uh, uh, that are set up for a website because at the end of the day, that's all Google is, is a website. It's a damn superb website, but it's just a website. But let me take yeah. one more quote, actually, from, from the article. And again, these are Danny's words, but I agree with them completely. Next tag. It's a shopping search engine. I know it. Uh, Mikko, I'm sure you know it. Uh, and lots of other people uh, who are listening, I'm sure, will be aware of it. Next Tech argued that it was successful as one of the biggest companies no one has heard of. And that was because it was good at having perfected the Google platform. Now, what that says to me was, hey, guys, we're good at abusing. You cannot change abuse if you want for another term. But abusing... Uh, 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 the long tail getting loads of content and filling content and filling it with spam. Why is it wrong for Google on their website to say, you know what, we don't like this crap, and it just so happens that those guys are going to get dumped? That, that just because they're very good at search at that point in time doesn't mean they've got a right to be there. I don't no, for, definitely not. You see, I, for, go on, go on, Michael, sorry. Uh, could you? I, I think you need to move the microphone a little away from your mouth or something because we, we get a lot of blowing uh, noise. Uh, oh, so, I'm, I'm, I'm not sorry, sure if. Yeah, yeah and you never hear it yourself when it happens. <laughs> Please let me know if I blow on my mic. <laughs> but um, if ever you blow when you're near me, I promise you I'll let you know. <laughs> I'm sure. <laughs> I'm sure of that. No, I mean it, it's. I think. I mean, I, I haven't. I haven't seen the whole paper. It's. 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 It's a very long paper, and there's a lot of general gibberish about search and all that. But uh, there's a link to the to the full paper on on Danny's article. In case you didn't. In, in case you don't see the link in the chat room, which of course you only see if you're live with us right now, if you're listening to the, uh, the podcast, then just go to uh, to Search Engine Land and search for Fair Search White Paper. I'm sure you're going to find it there. There is a link there to. Um, to the full paper, in, in in case you wanna you wanna read that, it's 44 pages of source gibberish, basically. But but Danny have a really really good um, good recap on it, and that's what we we are talking about now. It's 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 the the idea that 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 um, that. First of all, that vertical search engines and 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 shopping sites deserve traffic from Google. I think we all agree, including Danny, is ridiculous. And 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 secondly, the the the, the motion that you cannot launch a vertical search engine uh, without getting that traffic from Google because it's impossible to compete with Google. I think is one of the strong arguments that Danny also have in this article uh, against. That's simply not true. I mean. As he is, as he pointed out, he has some really good screenshots going back to how Alta Vista was looking in '98, I think it is. Yeah, they had verticals. 
you know, and and if you look at uh, uh, Lycos in 2002, they had verticals. If you look at Yahoo, they had verticals. And and still, they were much, much bigger. They were dominant. In fact, Altavista was more dominant than, than Google was. And yet, Google managed to compete against Altavista. Do you remember, <laughs> Mikkel, you've got some history with a certain search engine we just mentioned. Mm. You happy for me to say who it is? Mm-hmm. Yeah. You, yep. you, you, you worked very closely in the Lycos days, didn't you? Yeah. Yeah. And if I, I remember back then when you were working there and you know, many other people that we've known over the years. Now, they were more portal-like. They weren't like a pure search engine back in the days. It was search was one of the offerings that they gave. They actually... Yeah. Could, you could argue that back then is that that, that, that style of site that, that was being created is what Google's starting to become now. So how can they, they although Google may be dominant because of the sheer percent, percentage of traffic that they've got, it's not necessarily anything new. They're going where others have led before. Back yeah. to the Lycos, back to Excite, back to Yahoo, back to all of those guys, MSN included, uh, uh, before it became known as Bing. Yeah, absolutely, uh, it, it, and 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 so so actually, that's also one of one of Danny's arguments. What Google is really doing is they're complying with standards in the industry. They're not inventing verticals. <laughs> that's definitely not inventing uh, uh, portals and 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 trying to keep traffic to themselves. And in fact, if you look at what what uh, uh, and and Danny's have some really good comparisons. If you if you compare a search for casinos, the fact is that Bing actually direct more of the traffic to internal services than what Google is doing. So so if what fair search is arguing is right, then Bing should be the first one on trial. <laughs> so there's something wrong here. Um, anyway, um, we need to take a quick break um, because we have some wonderful sponsors that um, needs to have a word. So um, if you stay with us for just a couple minutes and please welcome our sponsors, we will be back. <laughs> Sit tight and don't move. Strike point. We'll be back after this short break. Only on webmasterradio.fm. EdTech New York returns to the job. Hey, this is Danny Sullivan to talk to you about Bruce Clay Incorporated. They've made Inc. Magazine's list of growing private businesses and have exhibited and sponsored at my conferences since the very beginning. You've seen their search engine relationship chart or you've read their SEO code of ethics, so you know their SEO experts. But did you know they can help you with PVC, web analytics, web design, marketing strategy, promotion, and branding? Yep, get everything you need for success in the online marketplace. You can check it out from the professionals at Bruce Clay Incorporated. For over 10 years with offices worldwide, they've got the answers you need. Check them out today at BruceClay.com. Do you look at the task of ranking your site at the top of the search engines like you would climbing the top of Mount Everest? It doesn't have to be. TopSEOs.com knows how hard that climb can be, and they can make top ranking a reality. Top SEOs send you to only the right search vendors and agencies that they know will work for you. Since 2002, TopSEOs.com has reviewed and researched the best search engine marketing agencies and solutions providers. Don't risk the cost of falling off the proverbial peak of search rankings. Let Top SEOs give you peace of mind. TopSEOs.com, the independent authority on search vendors. SES Chicago, flight of the show, complete the code. The Windy City, Chicago, higher. Turn your search traffic into gold. Let's go. Find out why SES is the leading search and social marketing conference and expo. Discover SES for yourself by going to SES Chicago 2011 from the Hyatt Regency in Chicago, November 14th through the 18th. SES Chicago 2011 will feature incredible breakout sessions on SEO, paid search, advertising, plus you can take part in the Online Marketing Summit One Day Social Media Summit on Monday, November 14th. SES Chicago 2011, November 14th through 18th at the Hyatt Regency in Chicago. Log on to searchenginestrategies.com and register today. Don't get caught in a web of confusion. Learn the ropes on webmasterradio.fm. We're everywhere. Now, back to Strike Point. 
only on webmasterradio.fm. Here's your host. Welcome back to Strike Point. I think in the first segment I announced this show as being on October 10, which of course is totally wrong because it is October 17 today. So in case you heard that, it's um, all wrong. <laughs> what, what's the week between friends, Mikhail? <laughs> yeah, it doesn't matter. Yeah, I was just I was skipping the week last week, so my calendar is all messed up. <laughs> anyway, we're talking about fair search. Uh, I think that we we can talk a little bit more about that. Um, do you know what what the status of 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 this uh, hearing is, and and what can we expect to come out of it? Well, uh, before I don't know what the status is at the moment. I think that the Senate ultimately hasn't given a final decision yet as to whether it is an antitrust aspect or not. They will in time. Governments around the world are, are rare to move quickly, so I'm sure it will come eventually with their view. And what I believe personally will happen is that very little. I think for you and I, as consumers of a search engine, there will be very little change. And as actual SEOs, I think there will be very little change. Um, one of the things actually was said in a chat room by Fearless Schultz, he said something, goes, well, look, what's the line between a monopoly and just simply better? And yeah. I think that's a very good point. And actually reminds me of an old saying, uh, uh, and it, I know it's one you're no Mikko, and so will many of our listeners. And it was, look, it's spam, it's spam, it's spam. And an old definition for spam in a search engines was sites positioned above mine. And yeah. people only moan if it's sites that are above them and don't care about the crap that's below them. And I just think it's quite... So a lot of these guys and girls out there are putting this uh, uh, fair search monopoly aspects out to the Senate are quite simply saying, look, Google does a better job than us. It's not fair. Well, get a better product. Create the brand. Do whatever you have to do. I will say... Google had the right product at the right time. And I think the timing was a lot to, to deliver what was so great about and what has delivered Google's dominance. That's not to say that uh, I think MSN, or Bing, as we now call it, I actually think their algorithm, the occasional times that I use it, is actually pretty good nowadays. It's as good or as bad, depending on how you look at it, as, as Google overall. In certain areas, they're going to be better. In other areas, they're going to be worse. But it's not bad. The problem that you've got is that uh, uh, um, you're, you're diehard, stuck in the wall, people search using Google. Now, that doesn't, that's an argument as to why they have got monopoly. But it doesn't mean they're necessarily doing anything wrong. But... Do you, do you know the the there's a there's a two books that I recommend to everybody because it's just two of the best marketing books ever written by Al Rees and Jack Trout. The first one was called Marketing Warfare, and the follow-up was called Positioning. And I like both of them, but especially in 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 in, in this chat. Uh, the book positioning uh, might be really really relevant for those uh, uh, search companies to read up on because I think what what as far as I see it because you were around as well when Google launched and and when nobody believed in Google and then a few people start using it and stuff I think at that time as you pointed out I was working with with, with Likers and some of the other portals as we remember them back then <clears throat> that had a lot of internal products and then as one of their services had search. So the problem that I was fighting, not only with Likers, before Likers, I was I was head of search for for a Scandinavian search company. Actually, we were the biggest search in here at the time, uh, Kvasir and Scandinavian Online. Um, the the fight that I had being the search manager was that the the portal people wanted me as a search manager to direct most of the traffic to the portal because they said that's the reason we have search that is to drive traffic to our products and I was like no that's not the reason we have search the reason we have search is to give people what they are looking for if we have it great then let's show it but if we don't have it or if there are better offerings out there we need to direct people to to that place because if we don't make the best search people are going to use another search engine and so in that time Google came around and Google came, as you remember, Google came around as this clear interface. There was only search yes. results, just the 10 listings. There were no ads. There were nothing. It was just pure search. And I think they won the search war to begin with, or they started winning the search war to begin with, not by, and this is something you can read more about in, 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 in marketing warfare, not by a, a, a traditional head-to-head -head strategy, but instead... A, a flanking or guerrilla strategy. They 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 did something totally different. They tried to position themselves as the pure search engine, the ad-free search engine, contrary to what was already on the market. 
And I think that the, the, the mistake that most of the surgeons today are doing, call it vertical, call it global, call it local, it doesn't matter. They're still going head to head with, with Google, trying to make the exact same product. And I think in order for a surgeon today to win, they would need to do come up with some totally new and much, much better. Maybe maybe actually it's time to get that clean ad-free search engine back again. Maybe there's a market for that. Uh, I don't know. But, but, but definitely trying to do exactly the same that the leader is doing is really, really, really different difficult in Mick, in this Mick marketing Mill. warfare yeah go on <laughs> I was, I was, it's okay i was going to say i agree with everything you just said you know if someone needs to compete in search they need to look at it from a different angle but i think that there may be and it's only potentially here but there may be something that's coming there if you were to take look, one of the events over the last few days has been the big launch of apple with their new phone <laughs> Um, we know that Steve Jobs died. We know that Apple's launched a 4S, and it's not an iPhone 5. But one of the applications that's embedded into the new iOS 5 is Siri, S-I-R-I. And it's a, a, a speech agent, for want of a better words. Now, it tightly integrates with Google and uh, Wolfram Alpha as well. Um, but it's a new way to consume what is effectively search. Give me information when you speak about it. I haven't played with it. I, I don't have an iPhone. It's unlikely I will go out and get one. But but Apple, although dominant in other industries, I don't believe are anywhere in search. But they have the ability, I believe, to take over because of their such dominance in the mobile space, the mobile ability to search and define what search should be on a, a, a telephone-based device. Now, yeah. that could be the way to break through. Now, it could be the way that uh, they break through actually effectively partnering with Google by using Google as the as the, d d uh, 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 the deliverer of the information that Siri, which is actually powered by Nuance, the voice tech guys and girls, uh, can deliver. Now, could that work? I don't know. Time will tell. Um, but, but if we look at mobile search from going forward, if they were to swap out potentially Google being the factual engine and it will be the Apple engine that, that, that powers that, um, it could be Facebook. Um, I think Facebook search sucks, but it's got such, such huge volume of usage there. If they were to actually uh, uh, increase it to look at the wider web or actually just Facebook as itself. Do you remember the AOL and CompuServe days, those wall gardens? That's what Facebook's like nowadays. Um, all those guys could still come out and dominate against Google and attacking Google from the sides. I don't know if it will happen, but I think it's the way that it could. Um, but yeah, I think I, you know, a few years ago uh, when we talked about if, if, if a search engine could ever beat Google. I mean, I mean, first of all, I think that the whole idea that any company is unbeatable is ridiculous. I mean, every single company in the history have been beated sooner or later by, by some other company, you know, either by changes in, 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 in our world or changes in technologies or changing user behavior or just because they, they fuck up, you know, and, and, and um, so no company is ever going to survive forever and Google will not survive forever either. And but a few years ago, when I was thinking about potentially what could kill Google, I was thinking more about some out-of-this-world technology that could deliver much, much better search than, than any other search engine and blah, blah, blah. I'm not actually thinking so much in that direction anymore. Uh, you know, I, I think there's still there's still room for technical improvements to make more relevant search results. But I agree with you that... that it's probably more likely that if anybody comes around in the next few years and, and take more shares of Google, it will be due to interface interventions. It could be Siri. It could be, you know, any other speech engine. It could be, you know, other ways to take over the mobile part of search, which is an in increasing amount. It could be other interface inventions. It could be like, like I'm saying, getting back to that clean white search uh, without all the advertising yeah, yeah, yeah. and all that stuff. I don't know for sure, but but, well, but I'm pretty sure that it will be on the interface level rather than, than on, on search quality level. Um, let me let me let me throw something in that I agree with you. By the way, is mostly about how people consume the product, and the product here is search. Forget about monetization for a moment. Every product in any industry needs to earn money. But if you look at what drives people there, Google is synonymous with search at the moment. Uh, uh, it's, uh, the major change could be how it's consumed, how it's used. 
but uh, the, Mikhail, you're crackling there, or I am. One of us is. But oh, uh, um, stop scratching your beard, pal. Um, yeah. <laughs> one of the things I should stress is I've got you look you know what I'm doing there Mikko I'm working in there uh, uh, as with technology that tries to understand people that's what I that's what I do but one of the things I'd like to get round to but this is down the line but the proof of concept of proven that I can deliver this in principle is to fight on the search aspect as well can I deliver a quality of content that is relevant to that individual yes do I believe I could beat Google? Hell no. I don't even think I could beat Microsoft with it, for God's sake. Um, not necessarily the quality, but the metric of success is generally the market share. Who the hell's going to come and search with Jason's search engine? No one. That's why it doesn't exist. But it might in time as we look down the line. The algorithm, the challenge to beat the algorithm isn't hard. The challenge is to gain market share. As I said earlier, Microsoft, I think, has succeeded now to having a great algorithm that delivers pretty damn good quality of results. Where they haven't succeeded is they're the wrong time, wrong place, left it too late, and Google owns the space. Now, that's arguing that Google is a monopoly and there should be some, some governmental inter, uh, intervention there to hold them back, especially in that vertical area. Um, I, I, I'm actually against that. I think that fair market uh, uh, economics should allow the strong to win and someone else wants to come along, they've got to be a strong or find a side route in or whatever it may be. But at the same time, it's not to say everything that Google does is good. Mikkel, did you see that pattern that Google have uh, 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 lodged and are trying to get through the system? Yes, uh, I just saw it uh, before we started the show, and then, yeah, I mean, that, there's a there's a there's a full day of chat just talking patterns, but but this one is particularly funny. Um, it, it's uh, apparently Google have applied. Let's just to make it clear: they apply for a patent. That doesn't mean that they get it. Actually, Mikko, uh, I'm not sure. I think they oh, may. No, they've been granted it. They've it been granted. granted it. Oh yeah, they call it Google Doodles. <laughs> Google Doodles. <laughs> yeah, it's a while ago. It's a while ago that this was March, back in March. Uh, um, but I've only just been become aware of it now. So it's not new news, but it just really makes me think that my God, you got such brilliance there within the organisation. Uh, and I'm saying why Google shouldn't have government intervention with them. Why they should be allowed to be the company that they are. But at the same time, they do such stupid things like this, and um, they've applied and succeeded in applying for a patent for a system and method for enticing users to a website. That is the specific invention. If we talk about patents, it needs to be uh, a unique and special addition. The invention needs to add something, the experience, that no one would have thought of before. And Google's, Google's patent was, I'm going to repeat it again, it is a system and method for enticing users to a website. Let me ask you, Mikkel, we've been in this game a long time. Doesn't that shout spam to you? Well, it, 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 let's you know. Let's just explain what Google Doodles really is. Go Google on. Doodles is when they customize their logo for different events. So they put a a, a what, what, you know a a, a a a what do you put on? They they they, they, they they change the content. They change the content in their words to try and make it look. Uh, 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 deliver a story and then people will hope that that story will continue down the line and so by adding content and then in a storytelling manner Google now are the only guys out there in the US at least that are allowed to do that anyone else does that they're being breached of this pattern now Google do it with their doodles to, to highlight holidays or great people but you know potentially have died we had uh, Freddie Mercury a few weeks ago and it's an amazing Google doodle where it played uh, 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 the song I think it was We Are The Champions if I remember rightly it was glorious HTML5 superb but all it is is an animation but specifically what the pattern grants is if you tell a story in parts and keep updating it down the line to draw people into that story and experience, they'll go back wanting more. Is that Google are the only guys in the US that are allowed to do this. Now, isn't that what a blog does? Isn't that what uh, a soap on TV does? Isn't that what any great interaction in a fictional, potentially non-fictional, isn't that what we're doing here? We're hoping people are going to come back next week 
and are going to listen to us. But I don't understand how they, they got that patent because I know tons of companies, even companies operating in the U.S., especially companies operating in the U.S., where they, where they, they change their logos um, to, to celebrate different holidays for Christmas and for Easter and for Halloween. And, you know, they make these little changes to the website or to the logo you know, to, to, to greet it. And, and that's not something Google invented, is it? <laughs> It may not. I don't, I don't think so. And, and uh, yeah, it's not something they invented. They sure as hell got the patent. Mm. But that just that just proves that that uh, at least part of the patent system is is, um, is a little uh, messed up. But but again, I think we need to point out, being that European show, that there is a very very big difference in. The type of patents you can get in the U.S. and in Europe, um, a lot of stuff that is um, that is under copyright laws and and trademark laws, and especially copyright laws in, in Europe, are covered with patent laws in the U.S. and uh, that of course makes it even more ridiculous from from our point of view. But also, it also means that uh, most of the most ridiculous U.S. patents are actually only patented in the U.S., so they don't apply in Europe. And and I. According to the news about about the Google Doodles, it is a U.S. patent only, so um, it it doesn't it doesn't seem like it's it's uh, it's covered outside of the U.S. No, I, I I agree with you. There's a huge there's a wealth of difference between European patent law and North American, specifically U.S. patent law. At the same time, the general principles of which are are, are rooted in the same areas, which is to Look, if you invent something that's that's uh, clever and different and moves on from something that was a norm before, and adds value, because you're giving the ability for other people to share and to use your technology and your ideas, and you know we're going back to mechanical days here, but but you're allowed for the promise of giving that information away, is you're allowed to use it exclusively for a period of time. Now yeah. it doesn't mean. That, that patents are relevant nowadays. I, I think that they should be there, just maybe not as they are today, but hey, we're not going to change the world at the same uh, time. Well, well maybe, maybe we need to change the world. It's actually, it reminds me of a very good, you all know uh, TED.com, It's a great website where they have tons of presentations. I think they have a couple of thousand presentations, all within the limits of five or 15 minutes. Very, very good presentation, covering just about anything adventurous uh, by people who have interesting thoughts about things in the world. Anyway, there's one presentation that you need to go and, and see. If you search for copyright on TED.com, it should come up. It's a, it's a woman, I forgot her name. Um, she's making a 15-minute presentation about intellectual property. Um, and, and I'm not going to repeat everything she's, she said in that presentation. But one thing that's important, uh, one of the slides that, that really struck me was that she, she looked at uh, low IP industries. Uh, more specifically, she started looking at fashion. Because in fashion, you don't have more or less any intellectual property rights. I mean, if 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 um, if you make a T-shirt um, with a special shape or form or something, I can make a T-shirt just like it. What I cannot do is I cannot infringe on your trademark. So that's why. You know, the trademark holders print their trademarks all over their clothing and stuff. But basically, if you want to patent or, or, or copyright a piece of cloth, you need to invent a totally new piece of cloth, you know, which doesn't happen that often because, I mean, it's, it's, it's all just, you know, the same types of cloth made in different, different ways. But then there was one slide that was really interesting because she found out that there's actually a lot of industries that have very low intellectual property protection. Uh, fashion is one of the things. Perfume is another thing. You cannot patent perfumes. You cannot patent a recipe. You cannot patent a, a game, um, uh, the rules for a game. You cannot patent a type of car. I mean, the first one that made a sports car, two-seater sports car, everybody else could make a two-seater sports car. Mikkel, I know you... Mikael, I'm going to butt in there. I know you love your sports cars, especially your electric ones. <laughs> we've, we've got we've got to go to the ads and please, everyone, here's a word from our sponsors. Go on, just go just on. One, one, one thing. The, the interesting thing about this slide is, and then one slide she put, took up and said, okay, these are all the low IP industries. And how much do they have revenue? 
And then she compared it with high IP industries, movies and film and, and stuff like that. And the revenues in the high IP industries is just much, much lower than in the low IP industries. So then she started talking about why is that? Maybe it's actually better for business to have lower intellectual property protection. So maybe we do need to change the world. And now we need a break. So um, please welcome our sponsors. We will be back in a second. <laughs> Sit tight and don't move. Strike point. We'll be back after this short break. Only on webmasterradio.fm. <laughs> MySEOTool.com is your all-in-one SEO management resource. MySEOTool.com makes it easy to optimize and oversee all of your SEO efforts. Line-by-line detailed reports help you identify any problems and show you how to fix them. MySEOTool.com is completely automated. Once you use it, you will see a rise in your search rankings and traffic. Try MySEOTool risk-free today. Go to MySEOTool.com. MySEOTool.com. On the road. On the boat. Working out. Or up in the air. Now you can listen to WebmasterRadio.fm on the go from anywhere. Look for WebmasterRadio.fm on TuneIn. Available for download on your iPhone, iPad, BlackBerry, Android, Palm, Samsung, and Windows Phone. As well as Google TV, Yahoo TV, and Roku. Tune in to WebmasterRadio.fm on the go from anywhere. By downloading TuneIn right now. WebmasterRadio.fm. We really are everywhere. Radio's Virtual Autobahn. WebmasterRadio.fm. Moving at the speed of light. WebmasterRadio.fm. We're everywhere. Now, back to Strike Point. Only on WebmasterRadio.fm. Here's your host. Welcome back to Strike Point and the final segment today. As usual, we talked away oh, too much, maybe. I don't know. <laughs> we have a few we minutes talk- left um, to talk about links. We promised to uh, talk a little bit about that. And uh, I know we talked a lot about links over the years here on Strike Point, but I think we can take it up once again. I just want to, you know, now that uh, Jason is with us, uh, talk a little bit about what the trends are today, what, 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 what you think uh, is going on, whether it is um, building your own networks or link baiting or buying links or, you know, what, what, do, you, what do you see in the market right now and what, what well, do you see as, yeah. as the leading trends? You know, it's, I'm not the sorry best guy to ask anymore because I'm sort of officially no longer an SEO, although, you know, I can't move away those sort of have many years worth of experience working in there. What, what, what do I think is the big thing? Look, People buy links, and there is a reason people buy links. I hear they work, um, mm-hmm. and it's easy, and it's scalable, and it's a direct, easily to put a number in a spreadsheet, and you see the uplift, and you do a bit more of that. But that isn't to say that people aren't becoming wiser to the style of links. I think there's it, back in the day there, there wasn't much nuance. To, the, to, to people buying links. There was no real strategy. It was, we'll just buy more and more and more and more and more of them. And any old links will do. There's no such thing as a bad link. We just want, there's a quality in quantity, as they said. Um, but, but now I think that actually some links are, are better than others. And those wise people, they're going out there and they're building these sites for long-term value themselves. You can end up with a great website or loads of great websites that you use just for link laundering reasons, cleaning your links. So you put dirty links in at the top and they come out clean at the bottom. Uh, um, and you can still end up with a website that in itself can rank, that has value in it, and it becomes a long-term business strategy to reduce the reliance <coughs> on just using third-party brokers and the relationships and costs that go in there. Um, yeah. The social, well, you know, t- Mikkel, you, you, you work work much more heavily in the in the space than I do now today, literally today. But but tell me, what do you see? The social stuff that was big a year, two, three years ago. Is it still working out there? 
Oh yeah, and and, and I think definitely as we, we we briefly touched on last time we did this together, I I do honestly think that that um, that social signals, very broadly speaking, uh taking over on on offside factors so so they they do play a much higher factor and and relatively speaking uh that means also of course that links counts a little less it, it it's not like links are not counting uh, but social signals are just counting so much more now but links still count a whole lot so that, that of course that's why we're talking links again here uh, links can still make or break a website but but I think that that um, it's actually if 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 you realize what you can do and how you can do it, it's actually easier uh, to work with 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 the social signals. Um, what I find most difficult about the social signals is um, that there's so many um, there's so many sources, and and it's so difficult to to monitor and benchmark. Uh, what you do in that space. I mean, there are of course uh, uh, great tools out there. We, I'm not going to advertise any special products, but, but we're using Radian Six uh, for that sort of work. It's rather expensive, yep. but but really good. Um, I think it's what is it like a thousand dollars to begin with a month or something like that. So it's kind of expensive. Um, but but it's, really, it's not in the money; it's in the value. If you yeah. spend a thousand, no, but bucks, I mean for a small for a small business that only spends a couple of thousand a month on on all their service marketing, you know, spending a yeah. thousand on one tool is ridiculous, of course. But but it, it 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 but it is expensive because it's difficult to to monitor. I mean, Region Six needs to do a whole bunch of crawling and 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 data crunching and stuff to give you these reports. I mean, checking backlinks compared to that is rather simple. Even even if you go to the to the to the strength of, of, of something like Majestic SEO or Linkscape where they you know actually build their own data, it's still much much easier than 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 measuring the social graphs and stuff. And 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 on top of that, because things are changing so rapidly in that space, it's rather difficult to understand exactly how Google value all these different signals, um, and it changes so so rapidly. But coming back to links. I, I, I do think that that we still need to pay a whole lot of attention uh, to that. But moving away from 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 buying links, um, I think you know the whole buying links is 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 uh, is a, it's a pretty difficult discussion because what is buying links? Um, uh, yeah. I mean, I mean, as we talked about before, I mean, I mean, it's especially. Uh, when when you like Google has said before related to social, I mean, if you if you're paying for 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 links, it's bad. We don't want that. But if you're paying a social media expert to fuel some creativity um, that create links, then it's not paid links. What, Mikkel? I mean, <laughs> let me ask. Let me ask you this: If I go to you, Mikkel, if I give you a beer next time I see you, whatever that may be, will you give me a link? Why is that any different from me giving you cash? If I yeah. go to someone else and send them uh, a, a, a T-shirt and they give me a link to say thank you, why is that any different from giving them cash? That's where the ambiguities, the algorithm, that don't stack up and is why it's very hard to detect what a paid link is. So if you take away the aspects of I'll buy you a beer or you think I'm a nice guy and you just chat about me and link to me at the same time or whatever it may be, it's easier to manage and easier to understand the direct commercial relationship of cash because we don't... And, and that, doesn't even, that doesn't even need to be cash or beer between us. I mean, people link for reasons. People link because it benefits them. When, when I link to something, I link, when I link to something from my blog, for instance, I link because it benefits me in some way. I may be linking to you not because of the beer, not because, of, because you pay me cash, but because... If I link to you, you're gonna think I'm a nice guy, and next time maybe you do something nice for me. You know, yep. we, we we link to each other because it benefits us, or maybe I just link because it benefits my users, and then my users are gonna come back. But I don't just link. You know, I link for a reason, and and I the whole idea that that cash is such an evil thing. Uh, in that whole equation is is rather stupid, of course, and and of course the whole idea that Google can somehow detect. Every 
thing that is paid is of course totally ridiculous. They they, they can't do that. We only have a couple minutes left. There's one thing I wanted to, to ask you about what what you see in them um, because one thing that have been people have been doing a lot in the last I would say maybe a couple of years, maybe three years, is. Um, is building their own uh, linked networks. I mean, we all used to, you know, put up a few blocks and use it to build links and stuff. But specifically what, what a lot of people have been doing over the past two or three years have been building these link pyramids, link schemes, you know, where basically, I mean, you know the idea where you basically funnel spammy links through a pyramid of sites where you have the lower level sites that take all the most and you link them up to some higher quality sites that, that you get less spammy links to and then you link them up if to the more quality sites and you end up pointing them to your, to your money-making site in the top of the period. Do you still th- see that going around a lot? Or, or is, do you Mikhail, see it happens. It happens. It carries on happening. And there's a reason that people do it. Overall, it works. But here's the important thing. We, we were speaking before about Google having a monopoly. Don't put yourself in that position. Understand the risk, understand the rewards. This is about reducing the risk on your core properties because you know that you want the rewards, but there's going to be risk there. And if one of your lower sites churns and burns, so be it. Balance the risk to get the rewards. Be aware of what you're doing. Don't burn your top site because that's what's important. And that's what one of these things do. That, uh, uh, building that equity in your own network reduces your direct costs, but it's a hell of a lot of sweat and potentially a lot of cash. And that's us probably close to out of time, isn't it, Mikhail? I think we're running out of time, yeah. The studio is now pulling us out of the out of the room. <laughs> I'm sorry we, we didn't have more time to cover links, but I think we're going to come back to links because, I mean, we can talk about links forever, I guess. But one thing I would also like us to talk more about next time, maybe, is um, great ideas for how you can fuel that creativity in the social medias. Because that is definitely where things are happening now. And that's what I get a lot of questions about. People now start to understand, just as it took a long time to understand the, the idea of links, a lot of companies now come to me and say, okay, we understand that social thing. We understand we need to be on Twitter. We need to be on Facebook. Uh, but then what? How do we get followers? How do we get people to share our content? What do we do next? What works? And I think we should talk a little bit more about that next time. because That is definitely very interesting. So um, now Jason is telling me to shut up in the chat rooms. <laughs> I guess I better do that. <laughs> Thanks, Mikael. See you next week, guys. Yeah, see you next week. Have a great week.